Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. What's up? Pete, how are you doing today, man? Happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. Yeah. I, I like the new backdrop. Yeah, we're like full on Christmas, man. That's awesome. We are just, I cannot believe it's December already. I do. What happened in November? I don't know. 2020 was like the year everybody's like, oh, I can't wait to get past because of COVID. <laughs> but then 2021, it's like it just passed. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it, did we even did we even experience? I mean, it just went so fast. It really did. It really we're did. At the end. Here it is, December. We're getting ready for Christmas, and we got to we got to do Thanksgiving together. Yeah, let's talk about that. We fried yeah. up some turkeys. Yeah, we fried a turkey. I don't not know that some three. three. Yeah, we fried. That's yeah, right. Three. We fried a turkey, and it we did it in soy sauce. It was so good. Yeah, soy sauce fried turkey, people. Do it. It is good. If you've ever tried them, comment in the in the Facebook or on our, on our YouTube page about uh, what's your favorite recipe for fried chicken. But we fried turkey. We marinated it for 24 hours Yum. in like um, garlic salt, soy sauce. Yeah. I don't know what else we put in there, but it was it was amazing. Yeah. So you know what? You know we what got I, our food in there quick. You know what I did before the we met? I'm afraid to ask. Well, why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. I first watched Macy's Thanksgiving. That could be. A oh, thing. you mean before we got together for yeah. Thanksgiving? Okay, and, that makes and more I sense. And I watched football. And so I always watched Macy's Thanksgiving. Did you watch the parade? Yeah, I watched it. I saw the coolest thing. What? There's like these giant bowling shoes. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? Yeah, there was this girl on there. A lady, I think well, it was Shannon like, O'Keefe. Yeah, something. and yeah. I think some guy. Um, Guppy, yeah, curly Guppy's hair, kid. dude. Yeah, it was Guppy Kids. Is that Guppy's what it was? Kid. Yeah, I little, saw- little Guppy. Yeah, I was watching them, and they his all name of a sudden, is Kyle Troop. All of a sudden, this big ball and these bowling balls were going down. I it was, was like, so cool. Why did the pins move out of the way, though? I don't. Understand. I didn't understand that. At that all. was really. Good. Did yeah. you see who was following the bowling pins? Who? See, I think a lot of people got to see the bowling because yeah. of who was following. Yeah, who was I following? mean, I think bowling's cool, but Baby Yoda was following. Oh yeah, you forgot? Oh yeah, Baby Yoda. But you remembered the bowling pins. That's yeah. that's yeah, awesome. I was, full, I was just that's paying attention awesome. to the bowling pins. All right. I thought well, that I'm was glad cool. that you're doing that because, Pete, I got man, I got news for you. What? Re- remember the person that you saw? Sh- you yeah, saw, uh, Shannon. Shannon O'Keefe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She is going to be on the show today. No. Yeah, the number one bowler in the world. <laughs> Shannon O'Keefe is going to be on the Riot podcast. Today. Can, you Can you believe, believe it? it? Oh this, my gosh. Man, God is good. That's all I can he say. Is. God is good. From, from Macy's so, parade to Macy's to the parade Riot to the podcast. well, I know it's you know, it's a step up from Macy's parade, but you know, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's warmer. But, hey, you know what? Before I introduce her and kind of and tell and tell our, our listeners a little bit about her, let, let's open up in a quick prayer and then we'll just jump right into it because I am really, really excited to get to talk about bowling today. Okay. Yeah, I know. The one sport that <laughs> I'm learning. One sport. You like got baseball players. <laughs> and uh yeah, so Pete, the guys the listeners don't know, Pete played baseball and Barry's a football player, and they always pick on me about being the bowler but today bowling is going to rule the show so let's open up in prayer lord we uh we thank you for today we thank you for our listeners i pray that uh not only we have a good time today talking to uh talking to our guest shannon and uh talking a little bit about bowling and hearing her story lord but uh that uh, you would be glorified in everything we say today lord that uh that our listeners would be able to take something from what they hear today and apply it to their life. And, um, and just, I just pray that it just lifts them up and blesses them in, in some way, father, you know, their needs, you know, the people that need to hear this. So we ask that you get it in front of them in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So two time player of the year, you ready for this Pete? Yeah. 17 time team USA member since, I mean, every year she made, I think the team in 2005 has made the team every single year. She has won team USA team trials twice, 2008 and 2018. Um, Man, she's got three major titles on the PWBA tour, 14, uh, 14 total titles. Just uh, but the, the you know what the best part is? What? She's a friend of mine. So ah. I mean, all oh, that stuff's cool, but she you know what you know, after she won her tournament in Orlando a few years ago, she took a picture with my daughter and the trophy and just 
made Samantha's oh. day. So ever since then, well, probably before then, but ever since then, Shannon has been my favorite bowler in the world. And honestly, she, she, to me, she's the number one bowler in the world right now. Un, she's unbelievable. She has a work ethic, like nobody's business. And not only is she an athlete, she's also a coach. So in her spare time, yeah, right. Uh, so she's a professional athlete, but she also uh, coaches McKendry and uh, she's going to tell you about it. But without further ado, I give you Miss Shannon O'Keefe. Welcome. Wow. Welcome, Shannon. Welcome, welcome. Hello. The part of that story you failed to mention when I won in Orlando is I didn't just take a picture with your daughter. I stayed at your house that night. You did. <laughs> yeah. Did. Sammy was so tickled. You would. It was like, you know, Michael Jordan was staying at our house that, you know, well, better because she doesn't know who Michael Jordan is. Exactly. Even, even better. Oh, it's so well, fun. Welcome. Thank well, you. Bob, Thanks for having you guys. I'm excited to hang out with you guys for the evening. Yeah, we are. We are just tickled. I've been, you know, we've been talking about this for a few months, tossing this around, seeing if we could get it together. And and we finally got a chance to pull it off. And we are just just really, well, really excited. Here's yeah, this go. Is, this oh, is, wait, I got to share. I gotta oh, share go something. ahead. You can share, share your bobblehead. If you're watching on YouTube. We got the, my YouTube folks. This is this is, you know, the the uh, the 2011 version of Shannon O'Keefe. When uh, the U.S. Open, I think you were telling me back anybody in Cowboy Stadium, huh? Anybody that's, that's awesome. listening to this show knows we love bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how, this is what happened. So I'm, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. That you pop that up there because um, I have a, I coach collegiately as, as Bob mentioned, and, and I have a girl on my team from California and she brings to practice just yesterday a box and says, hey, I got this shipment from my old bowling coach back from, you know, high school. And he found this and he wants you to sign it. And out she pulls this bobblehead. I'm like, are you kidding me? So something two days in a row i need a new bottle oh that's awesome and you did sign this by the way i have your signature on this i don't know if you can see it on the bottom but yeah this is not just you know a generic bobblehead this is signed by by you so this is kind of what happened so i as i watched the macy's parade i saw that and i immediately text bob afterwards to said hey Who's that? Who's that bowler that you know? And he says, Shannon, I, said, I just saw her on TV. <laughs> and then he goes, well, let's get her on the show. And then he texted her and then lo and behold, here we are. That's so awesome. That's how it happened. Well, tell us about your college. Tell us about your coaching. I want to hear a little bit about that. So uh, my husband and I um, got this phone call from a crazy because it takes a crazy athletic director to want a husband and wife to do this together, right? So we got a phone call from a crazy athletic director and wanted to bring us in on a visit. Basically, he was recruiting us to take over the NCAA program and then, uh, you know, help with the men's program. So we work from McKendry University. It's a small D2 NCAA school in Southern Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. And uh, just, we are so blessed to be able to do what we do. We don't have kids. We would have loved to have had kids. It was a big struggle for us. Um, and I think God just knew that we needed to love more than one because we wow. our kids as our kids. You know, I don't think a day has gone by that I've ever referenced them as anything outside of my kids or my girls, or it's just, you know, how it is. And, and McKendry already had that family feel. And so when we came on the visit, it just felt right. It felt like this is where we needed to be. And we get to change lives every day. You know, bowling is what is bringing us together, but so much more is happening um, because of what we get to do. So, um, and on top of that, we're um, continuously ranked like number one in the country. Um, and in bowling on the NCAA side, there's no divisional differences. And so we are competing against the Nebraska's, the Vanderbilt's, Arc State, mm. all those D1 schools, and we're able to compete with them. And so we feel just very blessed every day that we get to do what we love to do in the sport that brought us together. Um, our best friends are, you know, in the sport, obviously Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, you know, we're just, we're so blessed to be able to do what we do and change lives while we do it. That's so, amazing. So the, so, go, so that, that is incredible. So, I mean, what a blessing to be able to do your passion for a living as well. So you're not only you doing professional that, but then you're also doing bowling. And I didn't even mention in, in the bio in the, at the beginning. So you were kind of, I mean, you said your team is good, but how long have you been there? Like seven, eight years, something like that? This is our eighth season. Yeah, Your eighth season. They have two national championships and two runner-ups, correct? 
Yeah, it was really yeah, in eight years. I yeah, mean, it was really funny when our when our <laughs> AD brought us in. He said, you know, how long do you think it would take for you guys to contend to win a national championship? And and Brian, my husband, said, you know, like five years. You take us a good full recruiting cycle. Yeah. To recruit our talented kids in here. Um, it took us three. Wow. Um, so that was, and we beat the University of Nebraska. We swept them. Um, wow. Best four or seven. We swept them. Um, and what's crazy about all of that? You know, I'm a big firm believer that everything happens for a reason and um just wild that we beat nebraska and the coach that was coaching nebraska was brian's coach when he went to nebraska and won a national championship so it was just so fitting that our first national championship was you know kind of full circle from the guy that that coached him so are you where are you at now are you in it's in illinois right southern illinois yeah is it cold there um, today it was like 65. It was gorgeous today. Yeah. Was it cold in Was it cold in New York? Freezing in New York. But <laughs> 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 it was like the nicest day they'd had in like eight or nine years. Uh, and we were okay as long as we were in the sun. But once you start winding down through the city and all the buildings, it was absolutely freezing. <laughs> so how was that experience? I mean, I've only seen it on TV. I've never been there. And here you are actually in the parade. How was that? Well, same, like for me growing up, like we would wake up to Turkey, you know, the smell of Turkey in the morning and we would grab cereal and we would watch the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. Like that's what we did. And so to be there and to see all that goes into it, I mean, we got there two days early. Uh, that was quite an incredible experience. We got to be there the day before to watch them inflate all of these and the amount of oh. And the amount of people it takes just to pull something oh. like that off. Like, I don't think I would want that job <laughs> to try to organize that. Um, but the morning of was just so incredible. And what we learned was that um, all the people in the parade that that uh, hold on to like the ropes for all of the inflatables, they all work for Macy's or they are a family member of somebody who works for Macy's from all over the country to do it, which is pretty special. So So it's a perk. It's like a Macy's perk to be in the parade. Yeah. They have to, they have to be a weight limit because they'll float up if they don't, right? (laughs) I not believe the amount of people on one balloon. It was, it was incredible. The amount, there's like a hundred people on each balloon. Um, it was, it was wild. They were throwing us some crazy amounts of helium numbers. I don't remember them, but just like, you know, and, and I can only imagine like when they deflate those balloons that people must talk really. <laughs> the whole city. <laughs> yeah. I'll, be, I'll be sitting there going. <gasps> yeah. um, that's hilarious. Well, that's where my brain goes. Cause my brain lives. In <laughs> um, so it was really cool. And then they told us that this was, they were expecting this to be the biggest turnout of people on the streets since pre-COVID and even uh-huh. And they said that there was nearly 3 million people on the streets. And it was, I mean, it was about a two and a half mile route and it felt like it took five minutes because wow, really? so many people and people yelling our names and waving at us. And I mean, it was just, it was such a crazy experience. And then every street, that you pass there's like 200 people like not 200 people but it was like that many people thousands yeah so thousands of people in these streets just trying to get a get a look i mean it was wild it was really cool so as a bowling geek i was just excited to see bowling in the in the macy's parade that was really really cool well i was excited because i saw you (laughs) and and i talked to him and i was like what that was cool so that made me excited. But um, did they, uh, so was it, did you get to watch it on TV yet? Um, no, I didn't. Um, no. People were sending me like clips or tagging me on social media. And so I just reposted them. Um, but my husband taped it. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. It was really cool. I yeah. mean, they did a good job explaining and talking about you. Better job than I did. <laughs> Better. All right, let's get going. All right. Let's get to the show. All right. So the big picture today um, for the show is we're going to talk about spiritual adversity. And, um, it, you know, it, it kind of came that there's a there's a, something that Shannon said um, in one of the interviews that she she did a while back where she talked about 
um, her mission statement. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But what, what she said was compete with a grateful heart and the love for God. And that was her mission statement. And we're going to talk to her about that a little bit. But that's what kind of started this mindset of, of to get there, there had to be a tender heart. And to be able to have a tender heart, there had to have been adversity that got her there. And so let me just read kind of something that Oswald Chambers said, and, and they kind of will set up the show. And then we're just going to ask Shannon some questions and we'll just interact. But, but he said, Oswald Chambers said, spiritual maturity is going from being thin-skinned and hard-hearted to thick-skinned and tender-hearted. Oswald is basically saying we're we're either we either are getting angry quickly and becoming bitter, or we're letting things go and becoming loving. Ephesians four thirty two said, "Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you." So the question we want to tackle today is how do we become tender hearted? In the words of the song of Frozen, we got to let it go. I could start singing it. Let it go. Please, please don't. All right. I won't do that. We are able to become tenderhearted when we learn to surrender our will and let it go to allow God's will to take over during times of adversity. True success is never achieved without overcoming adversity, whether it is physically, mentally, or spiritually. If we achieve success with only our physical and mental being and not our spiritual, then we can never become tenderhearted. Listen to that. If we, if we achieve success with our physical and our mental, but not spiritual, it's not changing our heart. It's not transforming us. That's good, Pete. It's, 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 it's not allowing God to, to change us from the inside out. It's only by achieving success spiritually that we can become tenderhearted and achieve the greatest success of all. Here, the byproduct of our spiritual success is that we now overcome our physical and mental adversity with joy. So Shannon, we understand that your mission statement was fine-tuned over the years. And, and now it says compete, uh, you said compete at a great, with a grateful heart and love for God. So how has adversity in your life helped shape your mission statement? Gosh, that is like a loaded question. I'm yeah. going to begin with that. <laughs> Everyone's going to deal with adversity, right? Everybody. And I would tell you, Backstory really quick. I grew up Mormon. My whole family grew up Mormon. So we grew up in a very strict Christian home, but very rigid. If you know anything about the Mormon religion, it can be very rigid um, and very strict. And to me, that was just normal life. And then as I started getting older and, you know, building that relationship with God, it just didn't feel right to me. Um, not my faith in God, but just some of the stuff and practices that they had. And so and I started bowling um, on tour, the old tour, and was kind of all over the place. And then you get out of the routine of going to church. And then I met my husband and we wouldn't go to church. And I still always had this faith in God, but I felt like the more years that I spent away from having a relationship with God, because I believe a relationship with God and believing in God is, are two very different things. Mm. Um, and so once I really started feeling like I, I needed that, um, but didn't know where to start. You know, I grew up Mormon. It didn't feel right to me. So where do I go? Um, Brian grew up Catholic. We got married in a Catholic church. We went to um, some of those services that didn't feel right to me. And so I just was kind of at a loss. And so I just didn't go. I didn't have a relationship. And something really terrible happened to a very good friend of Bob's and I. Um, he was working for USBC at the time. He he traveled, he was on the road for like 30 weeks out of the year. And he called me to tell me that his apartment was broken into and he was on the road and he wasn't sure what to do. And I said, well, when you land, I will come and get you. And you're just going to live with us. You're just going to come move in with us. And so he did that. And that very first Sunday, I heard him get up and leave. So I'm like, man, where'd he go? You know, so I'm making my coffee, I'm doing my thing. And then he comes home like an hour and a half later. I'm like, hey, well, you know, where'd you go this morning? He's like, oh, I went to church. And without hesitation, I said, well, I want to go with you next week. And I, something really terrible had to happen to somebody else in order for God to pull me back in. And so I started going to this non-denominational non church in Miralagos, um, down in Mansfield, Texas. And 
every single week, I felt like Marty, the pastor was speaking directly to me. I couldn't get through a single song of worship. Um, any of the um, messages without like just bawling. And I just felt so broken, but yet felt so loved at the same time. And gosh, I, I started volunteering at church and I just like, it just was like a, a rude awakening to me that, you know, your life is falling apart and you don't really realize it and you feel like you need help. And, and I didn't know how to pray for it. I didn't know how to ask for it. Um, I believed in God, but I didn't have that relationship with him and something terrible happened to somebody else for him to reach me and pull me back in. And that was when I first realized that like everything happens for a reason. Um, and that through adversity and through the bad things, instead of asking why we should be thanking God, because there is a reason and we may not know it at that time. Um, and so fast forward, you know, I decide that I'm going to get baptized. I was baptized in the more in the Mormon religion when I was eight. Uh, but it that wasn't like my choice. It's just kind of what you do at that age. And so I go through, you know, maybe 10 years, you know, or more of not having a relationship with God and just feeling like I, I was just existing and then going back into church. And now it was my decision. Like I, I have to give my life to God and let him be the leader of my life because it just felt like I wasn't alone. I didn't have to do it by myself. Going through adversity and going through tough times is going to be easier because I have something to fall back on. I have his word in my hand that I can open at any time and read that. I have a support system at church that can help me understand what's happening. Um, and once I was, you know, really into that, it was really bizarre because I felt like not ashamed to talk about it, but like, I don't know, religion talking with people is, mm -hmm. can be a, a touchy situation. Um, and so I didn't really share a lot with people about what was going on. And then, you know, some tough times were happening, you know, where I worked and just kept praying through it. I had a scare with breast cancer and I just prayed through it. And I, um, you know, found out that having a family with my husband was probably not an option and you just pray through it and you just, you know, adversity happens to everybody and God doesn't tell you that he's going to protect you from it, but he does tell you that through faith and, and having a relationship with him that he will pull you through it and he will protect you through it and he will take care of you. Um, and that's what faith is. Faith is, is believing that something good is going to come out of what you don't know. And so, mm -hmm. Fast forward to now, and I am so proud of my relationship with God. Um, I pray constantly that he lets his light shine through me to reach those under-resourced and far from him. I pray constantly that when I'm competing on tour, that people know that there's a difference. So they'll ask me what it is, you know, like I'm constantly, constantly praying those things. And I feel like he just never fails me um, in that. Well, I just, it's been <laughs> A joy watching watching you professionally, um, watching how you handle yourself in front of the camera during interviews after your championships and stuff like that. And you never um, miss an opportunity to to point to Jesus. And uh, it's just it's a beautiful thing. And and Shannon, I got to tell you, I, I know you you felt like you didn't, you know, you said maybe you didn't share as much as you thought. I'm going to tell you that early on, um, your boldness on tv and after you would win gave me courage to be bold and i don't know if i've ever told you that before but it it really did and that uh so i i thank you for that and, and i just so, so my question was or my question is how has your faith helped you become the the athlete and the coach that you are today how, how does that help drive that i mean because it's not it's no easy feat becoming the best at anything. And you have, you have done that in the, in the sport of bowling. And I just, I'd really like to hear, and I think our listeners would like to hear how did faith play in, in making that happen? Well, first and foremost, you know, God blessed me with the ability to 
have a crazy work ethic to um, physically be able to do something um, and to have the, a bold enough, you know, I guess brain and maybe a little bit of an ego to think that I can make it happen. And, um, and so first and foremost, I'm so grateful that I'm healthy enough to do what I do every single day. And at any moment that can be taken away from me and God can say, well, that's not the direction of your life anymore. We need to be over here. And so um, he knows because he's, he built me, <laughs> I'm so competitive. And so I need athletics. I need something to be able to, to use that competitive, you know, outlet. I, I have to have it. Uh, Brian and I have 50 board games in our home and we can't play <laughs> because we're just too competitive. But, um, for me, you know, I, I, first and foremost, I never, ever want to lose sight of the fact that I'm so grateful every day I wake up, I have breath in my lungs. I have a beautiful family. I have a husband that loves me. I have a job that I adore friends and just, and that is a blessing from God every single day. And I think it's so easy in today's society for people to wake up and always look at the things that are, that are always bad. And I don't think that enough people look at the things that they're grateful for and what makes them happy. And so I really try to look at that and be be grateful for the life that I have and that at any moment it can be shifted. And so I want, I don't want to lose a second for that. Um, I don't know if that answered part of that question, but um, in order to use that to be successful, um, the other part of it is I, I don't ever feel like I'm ever alone. You know, when I'm competing, I pray constantly while I'm competing, like constantly. Awesome. If, I'm, if I'm struggling on a pair, <laughs> I know it seems so minute and, you know, who knows if God cares about our little miney like, does he really care if I carry a 10 pin right here or not? I don't know, but um, I'd like to <laughs> I think he does. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, you know, my prayers don't, they're not, you know, like, God, I really want to win this tournament, you know, help me win this tournament. It's help me to compete in a way that will help reach those people. Oh, here's Sonoma. <laughs> <laughs> we'll reach those people that need to hear your word and feel it through me and 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 so it just really shifted and so I feel like I have nothing to fear you know God has a plan for me he's going to put me in front of the right people at the right time there are no accidents um you know I think of it as divine intervention and so mm -hmm. um he's going to put me in the in people's path that need to hear his word and he's going to prompt me to be bold enough to speak it and if that's by me winning titles on national TV in order to give me the microphone to praise God first and give it to him. Um, then, you know, I, I feel so blessed. Um, and, and I do think that he likes to make our, you know, dreams come true. And, you know, I have dreams of, you know, being the best and winning. Well, God, God does. He desires to bless us and he desires to put us in a position so that we succeed. But again, as you were saying, everything is about to bring him glory. Amen. So if, if we are succeeding, it's, it's not about us. It's right. about him. It's yeah. about what he is wanting from us. And so, yeah. And you, as you were just sharing, that's kind of the, that leads us kind of into what you said on your Facebook page. You said, every day I kneel before my King and ask God to protect me with his armor. And then you used Ephesians six eleven says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So what, what are you saying there? What is that? What's that all about? Well, especially in today's, you know, days, right? Like social media and everything, there's negativity out there everywhere. The devil is, is on attack. And if I can wake up every day and feel protected and put God first, um, then I am ready to take on the world. I'm ready to be bold enough to speak his word and, and share his light. And, you know, a lot of that too is my job. You know, I, I have 20 girls on my roster. I have young, impressionable women that I need to be a strong Christian woman to be a very uh, good role model for them, but not just them. We have 26 guys on our roster. And so they are very impressionable age. You know, they live on their phones in the social media world where maybe the best influences and things aren't out there all the time. And so I just pray every day that God gives me the ability to step in and say things when I see things and to protect them. And a, I, a day never goes by that I don't tell my girls that I love them. A day never goes by um, that I don't tell them that I'm grateful for them and 
that I'm grateful for God and my relationship with him. And, um, so that to me, that that's what that is, is, you know, the devil's going to attack. He's going to, he's going to prey on your insecurities and, and maybe you got some bad news at a doctor's visit, or, or maybe you are having a tough time at work or having relationship issues and he's going to pounce on those things. And so I'm just really praying that God is protecting me and helping me to put him first and mm. pray for the tough times versus getting so wrapped up and, and let the devil, you know, put worry on my heart because God says to not worry because where we're going, he's already been there. And so, Mm. you know, for me, it's just, you know, if, if we have, if we're recruiting kids and they call and say, Hey, you know, thanks, but I decided to go somewhere else that used to really bother me. And now I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Because we've been doing this long enough now that when someone says no to us, even though I think that they're amazing and that they could really help us on the talented side, if they said yes, then maybe I wouldn't have room for someone who needs to be in our program. Mm. Um, and I've, because we've been here long enough, I, I, I start to see that. And so now I no longer worry about those things. Like, you know what, it's fine. I'm still gonna love mm. you. I'm still gonna support you and wish you the best. Um, but then it se- always seems to be like years down the road, you're like, you know, dodged a bullet on that one and God just knew better. So, um, to me, like, I don't know if I answered that, but to me, when I read that and I, I saw that and I posted that, I was like, yes, like, yes, everything to that. I love that. What is, do you have like a routine or what, what, when you think about putting on the armor of God, what does that, what does that mean to you? To me, honestly, like, it sounds really silly when I'm, cause I feed the dogs a majority of the morning. So when I'm feeding the dogs and I'm letting them out and, and I sit on the couch, you know, while I'm waiting for them to finish up, um, those few minutes are like my quiet minutes to start my day and just pray that God is, is with me and that he guides me, um, to do the right thing and to hear him throughout the day and lean on him. Um, specifically whenever moments of adversity pop up. And so that's kind of been a new thing for me that I've done, I would say probably over the last six or seven months. And I feel like my day just starts out better. Has there been moments in your career where adversity was overwhelming, where you're just like, there's no way out of this. I don't know how to get through it. Is there a moment that you can think of that was just overwhelming and you're just like defeated and you just, you know, it was, but God basically. I feel like, I feel like in our sport that happens more than people would think. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say not as much in my bowling career as an athlete. This would be for me more as my professional, uh, career before I started coaching. I worked Mm. for this place. Um, and I managed, um, a specific area. I had 15 people that worked under me. And, you know, I took pride in my job. I took pride in doing the right things and treating people as equals. Um, and I, I don't know if it was jealousy because some of those women in that department wanted my job and didn't get it, or I, I don't know what it was, but it seemed for about like a three or four month period for like every single day, it felt like I was being called down to HR for something else because people were making claims that I was doing something that I wasn't doing. Um, and so I just felt like I was being bullied every day and attacked every day. And then they would circle back up with the other people in the department and they'd be like, no, that didn't happen. But yet the people that were constantly making these false claims and like character, like, bashing on me, never got reprimanded for it. And I just remember I would, I would get out of those meetings. I would come to my desk and I would open up my prayer journal and I would just write and sometimes just be crying at my desk because like, I don't know why I'm under attack like this. I don't know why this is happening to me. Um, and that just, God just helped me. And, and that is when I really first started, um, praying that, you know, he would, just soften people's hearts and that people would just, you know, when they're around me, that they would know that, you know, I, I I love them, even if they don't love me back, you know, I just, 
I just want God's light to shine through me. And that's when I really started praying that prayer. And long story short, there was a mass layoff. And I was one of the people that got laid off and felt like I was thrown away like a piece of trash. And, just, you know, it was devastating. You know, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Right around that same time, we were trying to have babies and going through fertility treatments. And, and I just had this really strong feeling like, you know, we, we can't continue these fertility treatments. And I didn't know why, because it's all we wanted to do was be parents. And it was just so devastating. So I was mourning the loss of my job. I was mourning the loss of having a family, not sure what I was going to do with my future. My husband has to go back to that same place every single day and work. Um, and he would leave home and I would just crawl into the closet and just sob. Sorry. That's all right. Feels so broken and like I was worthless. And then while I was laying on the ground, I would just pray that God would just wrap me in his arms and he would just love me and protect me and let me really feel it. And every time <laughs> within like 10 minutes, I'd have a phone call from somebody saying, Hey, I'm getting ready to go over to Kuwait to bowl, and there's this women's division. And what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm currently not doing anything. So yeah, my, my schedule's clear. I can do that. And I would go and have these incredible opportunities and I would win. And then, you know, a month would go by and then, you know, going to church and feeling good and feeling like I'm moving in the right direction and, and then just be under attack again. And all those same terrible feelings of you're worthless and all this stuff would come flooding back. And that is really like, for me was like, the most I ever think I felt under attack consistently um, for months on end. And I think that it was because it was so close to uh, when I was baptized and I just, you know, my boldness now, I just really hindsight, I really just feel like that was the devil just trying to knock me down and say, nope, you know, you, she is too big and bold and she's going to do amazing things. Amen. <laughs> be an advocate for God and, and, and be able to share her testimony with people and reach too many people. And, and we don't want that to happen. And so I just kept praying through it and praying through it. And the last time it happened, you know, it was just devastated. I'm like, what am I going to do? And there was an NCAA tournament in the training center. And so Brian and I went to go watch it and I'm watching these girls bowl. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I could totally do this. I, I should be coaching. And I said something to, uh, this guy who runs collegiate bowling was like, Hey, if you ever hear of any NCAA programs that are looking for a coach, you just let me know. And, uh, he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. It was like a month later. Um, I got a, I got a phone call that McKendry university was looking for a head coach. And I was like, man, how's this going to work? You know, how am I going to live 12 hours away from my husband? How am I going to coach and live there? And he's still going to be down here, you know, cause it was only one job at the time. And, um, Brian called in sick to work <laughs> to go on this, you know, recruiting trip with me basically. And he flew us both in and um, yeah, shoot, here we are eight years later and I've had lots of kids, you know, I've, so feeling like I lost like the best job in the world was the door that God was closing Crazy. in order to open up this opportunity that I only dreamed about. Um, Brian and I had talked about the ability to, you know, wouldn't it be so cool, like those pipe dreams, you know, wouldn't it be so cool to be able to coach collegiately and be able to do it together? And we're like, yeah, but no NCAA, nobody's ever gonna hire a husband and wife. And we found our crazy athletic director that says, no, I don't care, I want the best. And we've been able to turn this, this program around and, and I've been able to make impacts on on young lives that and build relationships with these kids you know and I now get wedding invites and baby invites and um we had one of our girls um who lost her mom um a couple years ago and I would never take I never want to take the place of you know a parent um but she calls me her fairy godmother because she ended up living with us for a year and a half and I just I just love these kids more than they could ever imagine. And what they have done for me and the void that they have fulfilled for me um, and what they do for me on a daily basis, they, they will never truly understand. But this is all because of God. You know, he allowed this really horrible thing to happen. And it, 
And it happened for months where it felt like no end was in sight and I was under attack constantly. And, you know, it's so easy to question the why, the why, the why, but instead of me question, well, I would say the why every once in a while, right? But then I would go right to my desk and then I would just pray about it. And so for me, it really taught me that praying through it was is way easier than getting lost in the the devil's way of wanting to pull you down and question everything and you know if your god loves you so much why would he allow this to happen to you um but there's so many lessons to be learned and if you can hold on to your faith through those moments of adversity you know he's going to pull you through and, and and bless you beyond your wildest dreams which he has truly truly done well there's a lot of when you ask the question why you know, you, you start going for searches for answers and so forth. And because you had your faith rooted, you knew to pray, you knew to surrender, you knew to give it to the Lord. But ultimately where you find your why is in the word of God. Right. And, and it's, it's in those times of adversity where we're spending that time reading through the Bible and meditating on God's truth and his word. That's when we are set free. That's when we find freedom in the adversity. That's when we find, you know, the, the answers to whatever that why question was. So tell us a little bit about that with your reading and your under learning the word of God and, and how has that helped you with your adversity and things that you've gone through? Well, so I think so much of it is the Bible can be very intimidating, um, which honestly, thank goodness for Google, because you can just Google like, Hey, I need a Bible verse that talks about this and you're going to find them. Um, so thank goodness because <laughs> You know, if you're just reading the Bible, first of all, if you don't have a translation that makes sense to you, you're going to feel like you're reading Greek. You know, it's it's really hard to understand, which is- It could literally be Greek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, if you get the right one, you'll get Greek. <laughs> <laughs> New Living Translation. So if anybody's out there listening, get right. the NLT. It's a lot easier to understand. Okay. That is actually, a, that is a really good point, Shannon. And I was stuck in that for years. I had my King James version. I thought that's what I had to read. And yep. it just, it, it was a burden to try to read it. I had a, I had a friend tell me here, get, read this. And it, it, it just came alive. So amazing. It's, it's Great advice. More, there's more, you know, there's more notes and like kind of introductions and some of that stuff too. And it just breaks it down. But um, the other piece of that is I didn't know where to start. And so I just prayed about it one day. I was sitting on the couch in my moment of, you know, disaster, feeling lost, not sure where to go. And I just open up the Bible and it opened right up to Psalms. And for me, so much going through all that, I don't know why, but I was just drawn to Psalms and I, and I would read so many verses in there. I'm like, this right here, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I needed to read. And it didn't know why, you know, but, um, so it, it is challenging sometimes, but I think Google is so much of a friend having other Christian people in your circle that you can call and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Have you read something? Do you know something that is helpful? Um, I actually have something right here. Let me grab it really quick. Um, Candace Cameron Bure, she used to play DJ on Full House. <laughs> I follow her on social media and she has all of these 30-day um, devotionals. And I love them because, um, well, here's day 14. It says the inspired word of God and it gives you 2 Timothy 3, uh, 12 through 17 and it has it all written out and then it will ask you questions about what you read and and how you interpret that and so it's like a little bible study and it's not intimidating and so anybody who's not super comfortable opening up a bible i would direct them to find little bible studies that kind of break it down for them to start i think that is a much easier way it's not going to feel as daunting you're going to get a lot out of it uh and it helps you understand it a little bit better yeah, that's really healthy. And that's, that's really good. Again, another thing I would recommend too, is you mentioned it is, is to find somebody that you, that can speak into your life, you know, find somebody that you can sit there and read with, and they can help interpret what the Bible is actually saying. Um, you know, I always say that we need to have our Pauls and our Timothy, someone that's speaking into you and someone that you're able to speak into. And uh, that just gives us that balance. Bob, any thoughts? Yeah, I just thinking back, Shannon, as you were talking about coaching and, and your kids, I, I'm just blown away by how blessed those kids are. And I hope they just get a little piece of uh, how special it is to have you and, and you and Brian as coaches and and the love that you feel. You, I mean, 
it's funny hearing you tell your story and I knew a lot of that, but there's, there's some pieces that I didn't know. And just hearing that and hearing your heart and, and uh, knowing your struggles with infertility. And I mean, you know, our story as well. And to think that you go from, and I'm not going to have a family to literally hundreds of kids that you get to pour into what God, how good is our God? I mean, it's, it's just, it just blows me away. And just so listening to your story again, I just really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I really do think God has such a, a, a sense of humor that maybe no doubt don't understand. And, you know, I'm, I'm going through this thing and I'm like trying to peel myself up off the ground because I'm so devastated. And he's like, oh girl, just wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is coming? And I got this. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's not to say that there hasn't been challenges, you know, with that, because there are challenges with that. I'm, you know, we skipped the diaper stage, thank goodness, because if we had <laughs> this age of kids, that would be really weird. But um, so we skipped that age, which is great. Um, but they come with a whole nother set of, you know, issues. <laughs> so it's just trying to navigate that. But, you know, people say to me all the time, it's so funny that just happened this weekend. Um, this past weekend, we hosted a tournament and my girls won and we beat second place by more than 400 pins, which Pete, I know you probably don't know what that means, but that's a lot. Right? <laughs> like, that's a lot. And um, one of the moms from another team that I've known for a while, she came up to me and she's like, man, it was just so incredible to watch your girls both say and come together and be such an amazing team like that. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, that's, that's how they compete all the time. And she's like, how? How, how are your girls able to do that? And I said, I, I truly think it's just an environment that we built from the time that we were here. We don't put up with the garbage. We don't put up with being a bad teammate. I don't care who you are. If you're the best one on the team or the worst one on the team, I do not care. We have simple rules in our family. And that is you are to respect one another. Amen. And when you respect one another, love happens. And mm. it happens naturally. Um, and but you have to have a coach that is bold enough to say, you're not doing your job. You're being a bad, not only a bad teammate, you're being a bad person, like to this other person and, and sit them down and give them the opportunity to change it. And then things don't change and you give them another opportunity to change it and things don't change. And then I have had to step in and re remove girls from my program because at the end of the day, it is our job, sorry, it it's is okay. our job to create a safe environment for our kids to feel to feel safe, to feel that they can be themselves. And through doing all of that, we have built such an incredible environment that other people, when they watch us play, they know there's something different, but they don't know why. Um, they aspire to have that, but they don't know the root of it. And the root of it really comes down to just love for our kids. We love them. I tell them that. And I don't even care if that's taboo in the coaching world. My kids know that we love them, that we're there for them. And that bowling is something we get to do. Brian and I are, are very confident that we're going to make our kids better, smarter players. But what our true mission is, is that we want them to be better people. We want them mm -hmm. to be better people that learn how to give grace to one another, to not be judgy of other people, regardless of their background or, you know, if they're a little socially awkward or we don't want that. And so we don't allow it to happen. And when you have coaches that are bold enough to do that, um, magic happens. Um, we started several years ago because we have so many kids. Um, I, I believe wholeheartedly that this was, you know, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, give this a try. I think this will really help. And I think the more that you listen to that, the more you hear him speak to you. And so I showed up to practice one day and I was like, hey, we're going to start something new today. Um, and I think this is really going to help. So what we do is we, they circle up every single day they're together, tournament, practice, it doesn't matter. Every day they're together, they circle up and they, they will go around the circle and they will say what their happy is what their crappy is and what they're thankful for every single day. And I share with them every single day. Um, and they don't have to give their deepest, darkest secrets. You know, their crappy might be that their lunch was cold, you know, who knows, or their crappy might be that their mom lost her job and they're stressed out about it, or they broke up with their boyfriend or whatever. Um, but just sharing a little bit, people are allowed to have bad days. People should be allowed to not be hundred percent all the time. 
But what they also need is teammates that love them and support them regardless of the type of day that they're having. And so what this has really done is it's really taught our girls how to give each other some grace. Um, and even though they may not understand somebody's situation, they don't need to. They just need to love on their teammate. And we've had, I think it was like a joke with Brian for a really long time. Every day, someone's crying in the circle because, you know, <laughs> they're just opening up and they're having a rough day. And every day, you know, those girls love on each other. And, and it's, it's, it's been really, really an incredible thing to witness and to be a part of. And I feel like they've made me a better person. Um, you know, they teach me every day um, how to be better. So it's, it's been, it's been very, very rewarding. It's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. And it's because of God, you know, he closed a door that I thought was it for me. Um, let me go down the path of total devastation and brokenness to build me up and, and point me in the direction where I'm able to make a difference, where I'm able to be an influence, not only, you know, as a strong woman in a sport, but also on the Christian side of things, you know, uh, the year we won the national championship, it actually, they were stressed out. And I was like, girls, come here really quick. I said, look, I said, you're not alone. We're never alone. And I said, if you're feeling stressed out or something, just take Jesus with you because mm. he's with you all the time anyways. So just take him with you. And our girls literally held on to that the whole national championship. And they would say it to their teammate. Their teammate would be on the approach and they'd be like, come on, Jess, take Jesus with you. And other teammates <laughs> were like, what's going on over there? I love it. And um, yeah, and they won the world or the national championship. And um, it was just, it was just very sweet. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of my faith, but I'm also very, uh, not cautious, but very sensitive to not completely like pouncing on people with, with it. But, you know, you can tell when somebody wants a, a little bit bigger of a nugget um, and you need to, you need to give it to them. So well, it's just like you, when at the very beginning you were searching, you were, you know, you were a Mormon, you're Catholic, you were searching. Yeah. God calls people, they're, they're chosen. God separates those people and you can tell. And, uh, you know, that's like with Bob and I, we don't, we meet with people one-on-one, -on -one, we, we disciple, we do different things, but you can tell when somebody's hungry, you could tell when somebody's wanting, like you said, the nugget, you know, and that's when you are able to be, you know, pour yourself out. We don't pour ourselves out just to anybody. I mean, it's <laughs> God, God is the one that actually brings those people and reveals to us, you know, that they're the ones that you're going to talk to. You know, the Bible says that God gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. So we're to be watching always of what he's doing. We're to be listening always to what he's saying. And then we just adjust our lives and follow him and whatever that is, and especially when it comes to ministering to people and, and so forth. You know, we're, we're getting towards the end here, but there's something I want you to kind of talk to. You know, when I've learned in life uh, adversities, we all have a crappy story, right, Bob? I mean, sure. we all have something we can, we can share. But, you know, in adversities, I've learned that... Um, we need to, we need to start simplifying things and we need to start thriving in our moments. And uh, I know you've spoken into this before, but I just, I mean, share with us kind of what's your heart on, what does it mean to thrive in your moment? Here's, here's your moment, here's your situation and you need to thrive. What does that mean to you? For me, the biggest thing is to let go and let God, yeah. you know, it's if, when I try to control things is, is when you open that door for the devil to get in there and mess around and mess things up. And for me, it's letting go and letting God do, do his work. You know, when, when I was baptized and I chose to be baptized, I chose to give my life to God, to let him lead me down the path where he sees the best fit for me to, to be a missionary for him, to, to speak to those and reach those that need to hear his word. And so who am I to question, you know, that stuff. And so, um, even in bowling, I know it sounds really silly, but when, when I I'm not living my mission statement of competing with a grateful heart and love for God. And I get wrapped up in the, Ooh, that trophy is really pretty or, Ooh, I, you know, I, I got, I got to beat her, you know, because she wasn't nice to me, you know, didn't buy me coffee or whatever it is, you know, I don't, I don't know. But when I get wrapped up in that stuff, instead of just, you know, I start every block with a prayer, God, you know, help my heart and my, or, you know, help keep me calm, help me to, hear you help me to compete with a grateful heart 
and just that you constantly remind me that this could be taken away at any moment. And I don't want my last moment of doing what I love to be miserable. So just keep reminding me of that. And, and it really has made competing so much easier for me um, when I let go and let God work. Yeah. It's like, you know, and one of the things I've learned too, in, in thriving in our moments is, you know, I wake up in the morning and it's like, all right, God, I, I surrender to you. You know, my life is, is yours. Um, I'm, I'm here, I'm available. And then Lord, I, I, I will, I will, no matter what it is, no matter what circumstance, no matter what is happening in my life, it's an opportunity to bring you glory. It's an opportunity for me to adjust my life and to represent you. And so if, if, if that means that I have to speak life into somebody, I'm doing that. If that means I have to, you know, go out of my way to help somebody with something, then I'm doing that. And, and if that means that I have to spend more time in study or more time in doing something so that I'm positioning myself um, to bring him glory, then that's, that's, I'm thriving. I'm whatever it is, whatever circumstance, whatever's coming against me, I'm doing that. And, and, and to be successful, you've had to learn that to, to compete at a high level in anything that you do, you have to thrive in that moment. You have to succeed in, in what you were saying is, is, you know, here you are competing at a high level. The TVs are on thousands of people are watching you. And, and you've and you've learned to say, God, I'm going to give this to you. If I win, I'm going to praise you. If I lose, I'm going to praise you. But I'm going to I'm going to thrive right now. I'm going to mentally get tough and strong and focus. I'm going to thrive. And in order to achieve success at that level, you have to learn that. You have to understand that. And yeah, so there's sure. yeah. Go ahead. So many people, you know, every girl before they compete, you know, they they get hyped up, right? They got their music. My playlist, my pre-competition, it's listed in my phone. My pre-competition playlist are all my favorite Christian songs because it gets me right with God. It prepares me for that moment to remember that he has provided me with this opportunity. And I don't want to fail him by getting wrapped up in the nonsense of the stuff that he hasn't pointed me in the direction to do, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I just don't want to ever lose sight of that. And so I used to have a goal statement that's how it was written in my journal goal statement. And it was to be the player of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, man, that is just doesn't feel right. It just, you know, and I won player of the year. I'm like, okay, well it worked, but like, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right anymore. And I actually spoke with my sports psychologist quite a bit about it. And I had one thing written out and he was like, oh, I think you should change it just a little bit into, I, I feel like you should compete with a grateful heart and love for God. And I was like, that is it. That is yeah. it. And that's what I've been writing. I, every day that I practice or, or compete, I write in my journal and every journal entry I finish with my mission statement. I will compete with a grateful heart and love for God. And I actually started because I'll write in that journal while I'm actually competing, like during an eight game block, <laughs> I'll fill it in. So I don't lose awesome. the details. And so I will actually start before I even bowl, I will go in and write the date, the location, blah, 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 blah. And I will write my mission statement before I even compete. And so with my playlists, with the music that speaks to me, with my mission statement, um, I feel like, how can I fail? How can I fail? And even if the scores, you know, the bowling score isn't what I want, how can I fail? Um, mm. And I've been so incredibly blessed. You know, I, I have been, I've crossed with people in a tournament and they're the ones that bring up God, mm. you know, they, because they know that in, and we talk about it for an entire block. Mm. And then every single time that block is over and I'm leaving, I'm just like, thank you, God, you know, thank you for that wow. opportunity. Because I think every opportunity that you have to share your faith and share your testimony and story with other people, it just builds that to be that much stronger, to be that much more impactful for other people as you people come into your path. You know, people don't come into your life for no reason. There's a reason yeah. that they're there. Absolutely. Um, and God places them there in that specific moment for a reason. It's either for us to learn a lesson. It's either for us to help them or it's both, you know, like they're there for a reason. And I don't want to miss an opportunity because I was mad because I missed a 10 pin and missed the cut. You know, <laughs> I, just, I don't want to miss an opportunity because of that. Shannon, uh, I, I'm sure you've thought of this, but if you haven't, I, I want you to hear this. You are your time on tour that, you know, and however long, like you said, God could take that away tomorrow, 
But what you're doing on tour, your witness in front of the, the, the other competitors and the TV audience is your ministry. And what you do for these girls at McKendry is your ministry. And it, and it is an amazing thing that you can do what you love because man, God already knew. He knew all along what you were made for, and he just had to get you to the right place in his time. And uh, you have an amazing ministry, and I am so proud of you. I'm so proud that I can call you a friend. And thank you for coming on the show today. I mean, it's just been, been incredible. You're, you're awesome. And- <laughs> I feel like I need to come on so we can keep talking. <laughs> come on again. Yeah, well, we, we would love that. We we'll, would love that. We'll do it again. Let's if you're it. in Orlando, you got to get you in the studio. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that would be fun. We should do that. Yeah. You guys coming back to Florida next year? Do you know? Have you seen the schedule? Well, I I can't divulge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so blink twice if you're coming to Florida. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Pete, we've been talking about, you know, ministry and loving on people and, you know, the heart of Jesus and loving on God. What about the, maybe we have some people listening to this show and they're all like, man, what are they talking about? What is this joy thing? What is this Jesus thing? Um, What would you, what would you tell people like that? that are just hearing this and they're just like, I I don't know what this is all about, but I want to find out more. Well, Shannon, one of the things that we do after every, at the end of the show is we give a people opportunity to give their life to Jesus. And, you know, if you were listening today and you heard Shannon's story and you heard talking about adversity, I know it, it touched you because if you're listening to this, I guarantee you faced adversity. Yeah. I guarantee you face issues in your life. And, and you got to the end of your rope and, and you got to that time in your life where you're just like, why God, what is going on? I have, you know, what's my next step? It's, it's, I feel hopeless or, you know, and, and Shannon taught us today that, you know, when God closes one door, he can open another door. And he, she also taught us today that, you know, in, in the midst of adversity, we can, we can find joy. In the midst of adversity, we can find our next steps. In the midst of adversity, we can find hope. And, and that is what Jesus does. Jesus brings us hope. You know, in, in Romans 10, 9 through 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For if you were your heart that you believe and you're justified and it was with your mouth that you confess that you're saved. And so if you're listening to this and you're saying that I want to have that same hope that Shannon has, I want to I want to find that peace that Shannon has. I want to I want to find that joy to be able to speak into people's life like Shannon has has been doing. You can have that. You can you can accept Jesus right now into your heart. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, as the Bible says. And all you have to do is just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Cry out to him. Just say, God, I've been doing it my way and I want to now do it your way. I want to repent of the, the way that I've done it before. And I want to choose to follow you and to serve you and to surrender you and to trust you in everything that I, I, I am. And if that's you and that's what you're crying out, God is hearing you. God will enter into your, your heart today. God will change you and transform you into your life. And there's some people that are just saying, you know what, I, I've heard Shannon to say today and I just... Maybe I'm just not, I don't have that same joy that she has. I'm not, I'm not like speaking into people's life. I'm like actually miserable right now. And and I just want to get it right. So let me just pray for you. Lord, I just thank you. And I praise you for everybody that's been listening here. And, and I just pray that God, you would just touch us and meet us right where we're at. And I pray that your spirit, your, your love, your gentleness, your kindness would just overwhelm each and every one of us. Lord, that the weight of the world would be just cast over to you. The word says that we can cast our burdens and our and, and all of our, our your yoke and everything over to you and that you will make everything right. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would just hear your word today and that we would change our lives and that we would seek you with everything that we have and that you would just bless us today. And so, Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for this time and we just give it to you now. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Bob, if they 
gave their life to the Lord, what is the next step? Yeah, well, jump on. Let us know about it. That's really the major next step, whether on Facebook or you can go to our website, theriotpodcast.co.co. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and share this with somebody. So if you're a bowler out there, you better be sharing this with other bowlers. That's all I can say. But man, we just make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, and let us know if you made a, you know, you made that decision. You're like, I mean, I, it's time. I, I'm going to follow Jesus. Let us know. It would just, it would just make our day, honestly, to, to hear that. And uh, the, that's how you can do it. Facebook and uh, the website. And of course, YouTube as well. All right. Well, Shannon, what a blessing. You have the yeah. last word. Any last thoughts to give us? thank you guys so much you know god is so good all the time even when it doesn't feel like things that are happening are good he is always working for our good and to love us and bless us and those that run to him you know he's he's a father he's our father in heaven and just like any dad and any parent out there you want your children to run to you when you're scared and you're hurt and you're sad and you're happy and you know all of it and that's all he wants to he wants a relationship with you And it's as simple as just praying and crying out to him and other people don't have to be involved. Um, But if you want that support system, um, it's everywhere around you more than you. Right. Yeah. So good. Well, just what an amazing show. I'm so glad to have you on. What (laughs) what a great experience. And uh, we, you blessed me. And I'm sure uh, Pete will be talking about this for a long time. You're one of the best guests we've had because you can actually talk. You've been professionalized. Awesome. (laughs) We have have some guests where we're like pulling it out of them. Come on, man. Give us more. And uh, it's just an honor. I'm good here. (laughs) What a joy. Well, I can't wait to see you again. And uh, I can't wait to have you on the show again, Shannon. A lot of fun. Thank you. And guys out there listening. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, just thank you guys so much. This was great. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Have a great week, guys. See ya. Peace out. All right. Bye-bye. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.